When we are being called to do big stuff in the world, the universe will not stop until we listen. Ever have a complete stranger tell you something about yourself that you knew deep down was the truth? And better yet, the stars start to align to support you in that dream? Don't miss this story. It will blow you away. Or if you like me, it will give you goosebumps. Trapped by the belief that I'm not good enough, bound by the limitations and the lies that consumed my world, this was me. It wasn't until I took the biggest leap in my life to know and trust the power within. And it was at that moment I made a choice. My past will not define me anymore. Hello, I am Terry Cardula, and I know I am not alone in this. Over the years, I have found that the number one mistake that we make is that we get in the way of our own success story. Yes, I said it. On this show, together we'll tackle limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, getting stuck, fear, doubt, overwhelm, and the imposter syndrome. Join us on this journey designed to transport you beyond your limitations to a world where anything is possible. This is Talking with Terry. Hello, and welcome back to Talking with Terry, where we have powerful conversations to transform your life and your business. I am so honored and delighted to have our next guest. Oh my goodness, you guys are just going to love her. We have the one and only Mandy Connell. All right, so let me tell you a little bit about her. She is an individual who is living, currently living her dream as a noon to 3 p.m. host on the KOA radio and the owner of the Ladies Chit Chat Club podcast show. She is a native Floridian who got to Colorado as fast as she could after radio gigs in Orlando, Gainesville, Fort Myers, and Naples, Florida, with a three-year stop at Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. It's Louisville. We don't say Louisville. Actually, in Louisville, they say Louisville. So yeah, we don't say it the proper. I'm from from Kansas. (laughs) I'm going to do my little Kansas twang. (laughs) And she's also currently number 46 on the Talkers Magazine, heavy hundred talk show host, and lives with her husband, daughter, and St. Bernard while keeping tabs on her two grown sons and two grandchildren. Welcome, Mandy. I am so delighted to have you here. I'm thrilled to be here as well. I, you know, normally I'm on the other side. Of I the, know, like you know? <laughs> interviewer interviewing the interviewee, something yeah. like that. Maybe it's kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. It's it's very strange. I'm used to being the one to ask the questions. Yes, you you are, and that's and I mean we met. I, I, I'm wondering we met like maybe what three years ago. Maybe it I don't was know. it was probably a year and a half. I'm really? so bad at time. I I'm, so I'm and especially after 2020. Like t- what 2020 is just. Uh, somebody said to me the other day, "What's the date?" And I was like, August 16th. And they're like, "No, it's September 5th." I went, "What? <laughs> How did that happen? Like, what is happening right now?" You know, we have like you have like mommy. You know, mama's mommy's brain. Yes. COVID brain. Like this is <laughs> exactly. So anything from here on out, like we have an excuse. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, so for those that have not met you or just had the honor to, you know, share in your presence here, what's share us, share with us your story of how you came to be where you're at today. Well, I um, never thought I would be in talk radio ever. Uh, it just didn't occur to me when I was a kid, there was no women on the radio. So you don't necessarily aspire to do things that you don't 
a, a see your, you know, see yourself doing. Um, I was actually a flight attendant for Delta Airlines and I had did that for five and a half years in my twenties, which was amazing. And it was so much fun, but I had reached the point where I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life, but I had no clue what to do next. Oh, and I forgot the best part. I dropped out of college to become a flight attendant. So my <laughs> senior year in college, I drop out to become a flight attendant, which I don't regret at all at this point. But you know, now you're faced with the prospect. I don't have a college degree and I was majoring in theater. Oh my God, what was I thinking? But I really had no clue what was going on. And just by, by happenstance, I, I, the whole time I was flying, I was on reserve, which means that they would call and tell you where you were flying or you would call in and they would tell you where, where you were flying. I never had a set schedule. Well, yeah. one December, I got a set schedule because I finally had enough seniority that I got to, of course I had to fly on Christmas and New Year's Eve, but I had yeah. a set schedule. And it was a trip that went between Palm Beach and, and um, Hartford, Connecticut. And we had two gentlemen get on the flight one day, two completely unrelated businessmen, and they got into a fist fight on the airplane. Now, this was pre-9-11, so the the standards were a lot different and a lot more lax. You know, it just wasn't like it is now. And we had them, they, they were fighting over a seat neither of them had a ticket for, by the way. They wanted, both of them wanted their briefcase in the center seat, but there wasn't enough room for both briefcases. These are oh. businessmen. So this happened. And then the next week, I'm telling the flight attendants about this fist fight on the airplane and I'm making fun of it. I'm like, oh, they said, what did you do? I said, well, I got on the PA for the people that didn't have good seats, you know, so they could give them a blow by blow of what's going on. And this man <laughs> overheard me. And as he got off the plane, he said, you need to be in radio or television. You should give me a call. Well, at the time, I'm a 27-year-old skinny platinum blonde flight attendant. I used to get a lot of cards from old men (laughs) and I totally threw it away. I just was like, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. And again, I'm not thinking that this is a possibility for me. It just, you know, it's just not a possibility. So he fast forward the next week, I'm flying the same flight in the other direction and he gets on the plane and he turns around to his wife and goes, Sally, this is the girl. I was talking about. Now you have to understand, think about how random that is. How many I know, I just got, I just got goosebumps. I'm telling you, it's the most amazing story. So the fact that he was on my flight twice was incredible, like statistically insignificant, you know, how how crazy that is. His name is Dick Robinson. He owns the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. And he said, I have this broadcasting school and you should do it. And I was like, this was honestly the first time this light bulb went off in my head. Well, there was a radio station in Orlando, Florida that I had listened to for years. And it was talk radio, but it was not your mama's talk radio. It was like hot talk. It was Howard Stern in the morning and then a bunch of shows like that throughout the day. But I loved it because it was fun and crazy. Then I started thinking, wait a minute, well, maybe I could go work for them, you know? So I went, they actually took me to lunch. He and his wife took me to lunch in Connecticut. And I'm still such a doubting Thomas that his daughter, who was my age, came to pick me up from the hotel where we were laying over. And I made her give me her driver's license and make a (laughs) copy at the desk in case anything happened to me. I'm dead serious. So, but I went to lunch with them and they are the most delightful, wonderful human beings you've ever met in your life. And Dick has been in radio since the 1950s and he has a wall in his house that is easily 20, 30 feet long. And from floor to ceiling, it is covered with eight by 10 pictures of Dick Robinson with every person famous that you can think of from 1955 to like 1989. And I'm talking about presidents, popes, the Beatles, the Who, the Beach Boys 
boys. I mean, everyone. And I just looked at it at the wall and I said, did you Forrest Gump yourself into all these pictures? (laughs) (laughs) Forrest Gump had just come out. And he said, no, this is what radio has done for me. And I was just blown away. And um, the school was a little bit pricey. He told me how much it was. And I started laughing. I was like, I don't have that kind of money. What am I going to do? I'm still paying off student debt for a degree I didn't get. And he said, I will give you a scholarship. I have more money than God. I don't need your money. So he let me go at a greatly reduced price, but that still didn't solve my problem of I'm flying, you know, so you can't exactly skip class to do a three-day trip. And literally like six weeks later, Delta came and offered leaves of absence because they, they, Delta did not, and I don't know if this is still the policy. I mean, this was the nineties, but they did not want to lay people off. So they would do an offer of a leave. You could do a three-month leave. You could do a seven-month leave. You kept all your flight benefits. You kept your insurance. But it was just their way of not laying you off. Well, they came in and said, we're offering seven-month leaves. And I said, the stars are aligning here. So I took a leave. I went to the broadcasting school. He had one in Palm Beach. I was living in Florida at the time. Went to broadcasting school down there. And it's only a two-month program. It's not, you know, let's face it. We're not curing cancer in radio, Terry. Okay, so. (laughs) We don't need four years of college for radio. And, and I went to the school and I figured if I don't have a job, I would just go back to flying and then figure something out. But if I had a job, then I would not go back to flying. And technically, I didn't have a paying job when I decided not to go back to flying, but I had finagled my way into an internship at that radio station that I loved in Orlando, working in their promotions department. And so I was in the door. I, I was in the building. Yeah. And, and this is what I tell I, I did. I worked for free at that radio station far more than I was legally allowed to work at that radio station. And I just kept literally showing up. Yeah. Like I never said anything about my internship. I just kept showing up. And I was like, my roommate said, how long are you going to work for free? Because I was waiting tables too to pay, you know, pay, my, pay for my life. I had to pay my way. And I was waiting tables and I was interning. And she said, how long are you going to intern for free? I said, I'm going to intern for free until they kick me out or until a job becomes available. I love it. Like I love that's it. what's going to happen. And, and I ended up getting hired by the news station um, in that building, in the, in the cluster in Orlando. And it was the worst job I've ever had in my entire life. My boss was a severe alcoholic. And my, the guy who was supposed to relieve me at 3 a.m. just kept not showing up. And I would work from 7 p.m. on Friday to 11 a.m. on Saturday. and do Because he just kept not showing up. But did they fire him? No, they did not. It was just a train wreck of a situation. Yeah. And um, one night I'm working the board, I'm sitting there, you know, doing my thing. And this guy comes in, he worked at another radio station and he said, hey, what do you know about, about this overnight show on Real Radio? Real Radio 104.1 is the station. And I said, not much. Why do you ask? And he said, because there's a, there's a producer's job available there. And I said, I am so sorry you just told me that because I am going to go get that job. <laughs> Like that's what's going to happen. I, t- I blatantly told him. I was like, you yeah. never should have told me about that. Yeah. So the next day or the next Monday, I guess the job had been posted for a couple weeks or something at that point. And I went uh, on Monday and I called the program director who I'd never met because I just didn't pass, cross paths with him. And I said, um, are you still interviewing for the overnight producer position? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, you can cancel all the other interviews. I'll be in it too. I love your boldness. Well, let me tell you something, you guys, I I say that like you guys think that comes naturally to me. That came after literally pacing around my house for a good (laughs) 25 minutes, getting up the stones to do this. But I knew the kind of radio station it was. Like I knew the attitude of the radio station. So I knew that if I brought that attitude, it would help me more than it would hurt me. So I decided, and I said, you can cancel all those. And he goes, okay, I'll see you at two. And when I walked in at two, he goes, I just had to see the person that had the stones to do that. 
<laughs> it was like, well, here I am. When do I start? I literally bluffed my way through the whole thing and he hired me. And I got my first job working overnights as an overnight producer. And, and that's how really that was like my first big job. And it was, it was, a, it was an important one for the radio station doing what I wanted. Taught me so much, um, both what to do and what not to do honestly, but it, that's kind of how it all got started. Well, and I think there's a, like, you just dropped a, a whole bunch of gold in, in this conversation <laughs> in the sense that, you know, the first thing is, is, you know, you just kept showing up. Yeah. Like how often do we, you know, find an excuse or just, you know, we, you just started showing up and started doing what you knew was the right thing and what felt good for you. So you showed up, which is incredible. And then the other thing is, you know, you just, you, you know, there's a saying, you kind of have to fake it till you make it, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. I just, live by that. You, just, you went and you bundled up all the courage you had in the world. And yes, it took some, you know, tons of pacing, but you showed up in another way with just pure confidence and it, that confidence Got you in the funny, Terry, is I that I am an absolute faker when it comes to <laughs> confidence, and 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 I was for ten years in my radio career. Now, I've had my own show at this point. That was in 1997 that that happened, and I've worked in the news. I've done sports radio. I've worked on a bunch of different shows. I didn't get my own show until 2005. And you'd think in 2005 when I got my own show that I would feel like I was somebody, like I had made it. Yeah. I'm not even kidding you. I just now at this point in my life am feeling like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good about what I've accomplished. Yeah. So I don't want people to think that I was full yeah. of all this bravado because it was all fake. Every bit of it was, was a lie. Yeah. At that point. Well, and I think too, like even in this industry, and I think for, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, in this industry, it's very cutthroat, you know, yeah. it is very, I mean, you have to have a tough, thick skin. And I'm, I'm curious, like, you know, I talked to a lot of people about, you know, mindset and, you know, our limiting beliefs. I mean, I am guessing just based on what you just shared that you have had a challenge or a struggle with that along your path. Like, so what is, you know, for listeners that are listening today, you know, what are, what was, you know, one thing or, you know, beyond the, you know, just kind of, you know, fake it till you make it. But what was, what was that for you that kept you going and, you know, kept doing the personal development on you? It was, it, and you know, this again is, it's a long journey. So you're, you're getting the end part here. And one of the things that frustrates me, because I watch a lot of motivational videos. I watch a lot of mindset videos. I believe in them. They work. If you are one of those people that is just dipping your toe in, jump in full bore because you can absorb so much positive energy from people sharing their stories. But it's a little bit frustrating when you look at someone who is very, very successful and very, very confident. And you think to yourself, well, that's not me. Well, at some point it wasn't them either. Right. You know, that's the thing. It's all, it's all part of the journey. And over the last 15 years, I've had so many small experiences. And there's a couple big ones that were self-inflicted wounds that, you know, really were huge learning lessons. And I'll share one in just a second. But it's really like a, a death by a thousand cuts in a way, because you do have to have an extremely thick skin as a talk show host, because people will send you the most vile, horrible emails and, and Facebook comments and, and really social media has made it far worse. But you have to just remember, you know, for me, the thing that I always remember in business, in talk radio is you can never take it personally because you're going to piss off every single person who listens to you at some point because yeah. everybody has a soft spot. Everybody has their area that is sensitive to them for whatever reason. And you don't know any of this. You have no yeah. way of knowing this. And when you do hit that soft spot, they're going to come at you. But the thing you have to remember is it's not personal. 
My, and this, this is, you guys, that's the best piece of advice I can yeah. give for anyone. When you are negotiating a contract, it is not personal. When you are trying to get a promotion, for the most part, it is not personal. And we tend to internalize these things because for us, it feels personal, right? I mean, here I am yeah. putting, my, put, putting my heart out on the radio every day. And when someone attacks me for something that I strongly believe, it feels personal, but it's not because they're on their own journey. And they're having their own struggles. And perhaps you hit their soft spot on that day where they got in a fight with their spouse, their kids are being jerks, their dog ran away, their car broke down, and you are the, you are the focus of their ire because they can't control any of those other things. Yeah. So once I started to understand that, everything got so much easier. I mean, and, and I have, honestly, I joke that I have alligator skin because <laughs> for years, okay, let me, let me go back. Let me, I, I've got two major points. <laughs> You have no idea what you're in for right now, Terry. Okay, you have no clue what you have just unleashed in this. But the first job that I was talking about was working on this overnight show, and it was a hot talk show, and it was so fun. We had a blast until we didn't. And then the relationship between the host and I soured greatly, and I am sugarcoating exactly how bad it soured. It soured greatly, and it ended up with an explosive fight right before the show one night, and I left. I quit. But I had a pretty clear sexual harassment lawsuit. I mean, the, the whole underlying part of this, very much I could have sued for sexual harassment. I spoke to an attorney. It was that bad. And the attorney said, you will absolutely win this case, but you will never work in radio again. She said, if you pursue this, you will win and you will win a decent, you know, but not life-changing amount of money. You'll yeah. win something to get you through a couple of years, but it will be very difficult for you to get hired in radio again. And you need to understand that. She's like, I'm not saying for real, you'll never work again, but you will be tagged as that woman who sued. And yeah. this was again, 1998. So this was well before me too. This was well before anything else. So in order to keep me from suing, they gave me a job on a sports station, working with uh, uh, two other guys on this morning show. It was not... <laughs> We didn't have any chemistry. It was not a good show. The guys are great guys, but it was just, I was thrust upon them, that kind of thing. You know, they didn't want me, but I started getting hate mail on this sports station and it was brutal. I mean, I can't even say the words in a family-friendly podcast. The subject line would say something like, hey, whore. I mean, it was brutal. Wow. And I printed all of them out. I printed every one of them out and I put them in a stack on my desk and I called that my FU pile. And every day I came to work, I was like, FU, I still have a job. And that was what motivated, I, I, it like fueled my fire because I was not going to let these horrible, nasty emailers win. Literally, I was like, I'm not going to let you guys win. What's funny is about six months later, you know, we start doing events and everything. And I would have men walk up to me and say, and they would be all, you know, looking down at their feet and they'd say, hey, um, when you first started, um, you, I sent you a really mean email and you're, you're actually kind of good and I like you now. And I just wanted to say, I'm sorry for, for that email. And it was just, it was kind of cute and it didn't happen for every email. But that began where I started to realize like, you cannot let these people who do not know you, know you. Yeah. they don't know who you are. They don't know anything about you. You cannot let their cursory judgment yeah. in an email affect how you view yourself because you will rip yourself into pieces. But on the flip side, Terry, you can't believe your own press. If you get emails, yes. you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. Oh my God, you're a genius. I can't believe that. I. Oh my God. And I get those emails and, and I love them. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful every time I get one and it's wonderful, but you can't give those any more stock. Because yeah. if you believe those, then you got to believe the others. So right. you just got to stay focused and stay in your lane yeah. and stay with what you know. Yeah. Because all of that extraneous noise 
it, it's you cannot let it affect who you are, how you feel about yourself and, and your goals going forward because people are awful and, and they don't want to see other people succeed. And, and not everyone, I'm making a sweeping generalization, yeah. but there's so many people out there who are so miserable in their own lives that they just want to make everybody else unhappy. Don't let them. And that's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. I am certain so, there are hundreds of people out here needing to hear this message today because I think that's, I love your FU pile. I love oh, yeah. it because like that makes me think about like some, you know, I, you know, when I was writing for a, a magazine, like I had some hate mail come through and it was just like one of those things that's like, okay, I'm not going to let that impact what I continue to do and what I continue to speak on. Right. And so yeah, I, just, I absolutely love that. Yeah, love you, that. I mean, you just have to, you have to keep doing what is working, what is, you know, what, what you feel like your style is, whatever that is. And, and you've got to, as long as you're moving forward and you're, and you're, you know, feeling good about it and you're getting good feedback yeah. from your boss and, and things like that. All of those extraneous things have to be taken together. Yeah. You can't just pick and choose which ones you're going to listen to because yeah. the, if you, I have, I have friends in radio that spend half their life fighting with people on social media. I don't even understand this. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's such an energy suck. It is exactly. And, and when no, you get you. in that, when you get into that it, and let's be real right now in 2020, I don't know if your Facebook page is anything like mine. I have friends that have known each other for 40 years who are at each other's throats right now yes. on Facebook. And I'm thinking to myself, what well, this is not making anyone's life better. Yeah. No one's ever been convinced by being yelled at on Facebook to change their candidate. It's not exactly. ever going to happen. Not going to happen. And yeah. so we all need to just take a step back and just focus on what is important, our family, our stuff, our, you know, our individual nature and just, just block out the other stuff. If it's, you know, constructive criticism is another thing altogether. I'll have people send me an email and say, hey, you know what? You did this story, but you didn't really present the whole story or, and that is constructive criticism. And that is so welcome. That's a different, you know? yeah, that's a different animal completely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And that's productive. Well, yeah. Well, and I think too, right now in this time and this back, I mean, we have so much right now that's going on in our world and, you know, we have to stay, I, and I like this because I, we have to stay focused on what is it that we know in our hearts of hearts that we were supposed to be doing and that yes. going back into, you know, what is our, what is our purpose? What is our passion? Let's stay focused on that. And, you know, let these other things that it doesn't, it's none of our, it's none of our business in a lot of ways of this other stuff. And so if we stay focused, you know, we stay driven, you know, for what we're looking for, things are going to continue to fall into place by us maintaining a positive mindset and to, for us doing the work that we know we need to be doing in this, especially during this time. I think that what you just said about a positive mindset is incredibly important. And I want to go back to that first show that I was on that went south in a bad way. There was so much toxicity in that entire, even when things were really great, there was a lot of toxicity that already existed in that situation. Yeah. And I learned probably more about how not to treat people from that experience than anything else. But there's value in that. And there's, there's value in taking a horrible experience and making that conscious decision to not be that person. And I am, I always tell people I'm a relentless optimist. Okay. I am relentlessly upbeat. That's a choice I make because in, exactly. in life, you can look at the glass half empty. You can look at it half full. You, you, we make these choices every single day about mindset. And I am a huge believer I don't, you know, it's the, people talk about the law of attraction. That seems a little too much for me, but I do believe that people reflect back to you what you put out. Exactly. And I have a show now where I have two producers and I used to be them. 
you know, and we have a great time and I love working with them and I know they love working with me and we have just a wonderful environment in our show. And as the leader of that show, I have to work to create and maintain that. And I take that very seriously. I think that's a big responsibility and one that people kind of forget sometimes when they are trying to grow their company or they're trying to hire new people. All of that stuff flows from the top down. And I'm not their direct boss per se, but I'm the leader of the show. You know, yeah. so that's my responsibility. And they'll tell you, like my, one of my producers is like, I've never worked with anyone who is, you know, even when things are bad, you try and like, okay, what can we do to learn from this and move yeah. on? There's no need to have it yeah. any other way. Yeah. And when you have that, and when you have that foundation of, you know, staying positive, you know, I'm the same way with you. I'm the ultimate, you know, optimistic and be like, okay, there has to be something good. Yeah. All of this, like, let's just find the gift. And even if it doesn't come immediately, like, let's just find one thing that we can be grateful for. And like, you're, like you said, let's move on. Didn't work. Let's do a plan to review and we're moving on to the next thing. Right. There is, there is a positive lesson or positive thing to be gleaned in every situation. You just have to find it. You really do. And sometimes the lesson is, okay, and now I know what I never want to do again. (laughs) Yeah. It's 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 being shown that contrast, right? Like if we are shown the contrast of what we do desire and what we don't desire, like then it's like, okay, hello. Thank you. Thank you for the new awareness. Yeah. (laughs) Not making that mistake again and continue. Yes. I love it. So, well, Mandy, this has been an absolute delight to have you on here. We need to have you we need to have you come back. So let's, let's, uh, I'm hoping somebody watches this and gets inspired because I'm telling you guys, like I watch a video of some sort every morning. I do a blog for the show. So now, cause everything is so horrible for politics that I'm trying to put a non-political motivational thing on the blog every day. And all that's done is make me go back and look at some of my favorites. It is so helpful to just hear from people, especially if you're in the middle of a struggle you know, and we've all had struggles. We didn't even really get into my struggles. I mean, there's struggles that we didn't even get to, but if you're in the middle of a struggle, just keep swimming, like just keep moving forward. Even if they're baby steps, even if they're like the, even if you're not even lifting your foot off the ground, you're just kind of shuffling it forward, just keep moving forward. And I swear you will build momentum and you can do whatever you want to do. And I hope somebody listens to this and says, holy cow, she just kept showing up at an internship. That seemed to work. And it did. (laughs) And it did. Imagine that. Just don't make eye contact with anyone in HR. Okay. Just keep walking in. As long as your key card works, you're good to go. There you go. (laughs) I love it. All right. So um, how do people find you? Uh, A multitude of ways. The Ladies Chit Chat Club has been on hiatus. That's my podcast. That's my baby. That is our podcast where I record with usually three other women and then occasionally I'll do an interview. Although lately it's just been all panel stuff. And we literally have the best time and just have a blast. And it's really for women over 35. You know, we're all over. No, one is 28. And then the other, the three of us are over 50. So it's just a good mix of fun. And then I do a a show daily on KOA News Radio. It's 850 KOA. You can listen to it anywhere in the country on iHeartRadio or on 94.1 FM and 850 AM here in Denver in the metro uh, Monday through Friday, noon to three. So Ladies Chit Chat Club is on every platform, but I prefer you use the iHeart platform because that's who I work for in my real job. So <laughs> go to iHeart and uh, listen there. We'll be back from hiatus probably the end of September, I think. Okay. Um, we've had a really big, COVID has really made it difficult for us to get together and record. And the dynamic for four women on Zoom is different. So yeah. I, but we're trying to get back together. So hopefully we'll be able to get back in the same room soon. 
Excellent. Okay. So I will put that information in the show notes. So take a look at her and go, you know, follow, like, love, and whatever else you, whatever else you do on social media. So subscribe. Don't so forget, much. subscribe and subscribe to Talking with Terry. Yes. Subscribe. Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thanks, Terry. I am so grateful that you joined me for this episode. If you've enjoyed this, then there's just one thing that I would like you to do. Click to subscribe and leave me a rating and review. As my way to thank you, let's connect for a free consultation. Just reach out to me at talkingwithterry, that's T-E-R-I dot com to book your time. Didn't you just love her? Mandy is an incredible being and a powerful story. I could have talked to her literally all day. Our next guest will have you taking a deeper dive into your own personal development, and she is giving you yummy tools and strategies to help you on your path.